Enter. Windows Media Player. The news itself Windows had its lighter side, Frank. One of the finest newsmen on the American oh, floor. My music. Folder view. Frank Rest. Julian Anthony. Enter. Windows Media. The news Windows itself media. had its lighter side, Frank. One of the finest newsmen on the American Broadcasting Company staff was Julian Anthony. And he, too, made a kind of history one evening. Julian gave a special permission to play this tape. I think it's probably one of the genuinely funniest moments ever to be broadcast. In the wonder world of science, uranium has been discovered a few hundred yards from the White House and nearly 300 feet up. It's in the granite of the Washington Monument, but not valuable or dangerous. Back here in New York, the Hayden Planetarium has heard from a Minnesota man who claims that the shape of Aurora Borealis, the northern lights, can be changed by flapping a bedsheet at them from the ground. The planetarium doubts it, but the man says he did successfully flap sheets in his backyard one midnight, though his wife kept hollering at him to cut out the foolishness and get back in the house. This is Julian Anthony reporting. Yes, even the very best in the business were caught up by the unexpected. And comedies. Detective and comedies? Uh-huh, that, those, are, those are my two favorites. That's what I like. And, you know, you talked to somebody a while back, and they wanted to know about Cloak and Dagger? Yes. Uh-huh. Well, I found them on the Internet. If you go to, oh, gosh, archive. Archive.org. I checked there, and I couldn't find it. And, uh... I know it's out there. I'll find it. I can make it down here in the right spot. I think there's so many things saved that I can't. i got to get rid of some of this stuff. The only time I, you know, I, my save list, Internet, Internet Archive. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah. I run the Cook and Dagger. But I found another one on there that was uh, Sounds of War. Uh-huh. And that's, uh, that's not a bad program. It's not a okay. program, it's, it's uh, you know, they're telling about World War Two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, like a documentary? Pardon? Like a documentary? Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. It, 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 yeah, yeah, it would be. Wow. Whoever, whoever did, there's only 18 episodes, and whoever did it, they, uh, they, they've got some of the actual voices of, uh, of uh, Churchill and, and uh, Chamberlain and uh, all these guys, and they started off. Germany, like back in the 30s, and then oh, yeah. mm-hmm. not all the way down to the bottom. Tell me the name of the series again, please. Pardon that, that one? Yes. That's Sound of Wars. Sound of Wars. Sound of, the Sound of War. Sound of War. Uh, or, okay. One. I, I, I found that by looking underneath World War II, I guess. It's okay. Yeah, you know, they have some things filed in squirrely places in some of these sites, and when you go digging around, you can really find a treasure trove in some strange places. So I think that, I think that's a great one. I will do that because there's always uh, an an audience for World War II, especially, and that sounds like a nice addition. So I will go and uh, get it and put it in the auction. Yeah, it it it. it I've only listened to three of them so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's good. It's, it's a documentary type thing. Yeah, it sounds like a really nice, uh, a nice collection of information. 
I'll do that. Thank you for the heads up. Well, you're welcome. And, uh, hey, maybe you guys ought to take over this slot all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we're, we're already working on an investor's call. We'll save the petition until later. <laughs> it's, it's not that, 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 uh, that uh, Bill and... Uh, I can't even think of his name. The, yeah, the other guy. Mike. Yeah, Bill and the other guy. Mike. Mike, yeah. <laughs> it's not that they don't do a good job, but you guys do uh, You guys do an excellent job. Uh, we, we have an awful lot of fun. The only we, bad thing about your Saturday, what did you stay up too late? i got to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so this is good for you that we, we happened into this little time slot during the week. This one? Oh, yeah. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is good for you. How long do you stay on on Saturday night? Because I've never been out there last year. We stay in Saturday? Yeah. At least 6 in the morning. Out what? 6 in the morning. Between, between 5 and 6 Eastern time. Yeah. That would be that would be 5 here. Yeah. What's going on to you? Oh. So when you... <laughs> So when, when you're getting up for breakfast, we have people who, who get up for breakfast and call. So you could be part of our breakfast club. We believe we have three different audiences. We have the audience to stay with at the beginning of the show, the one that comes in the middle, and the ones that get up and they're still on. So we, we, we are a full-service <laughs> show on Saturday night. <laughs> I give up about 12.30. Uh, well, that's okay. What time do you get up in the morning? Oh, I don't know, eight. <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't hang until eight, Dick. I'm afraid you're just gonna have to. Well, you don't get up past six early, and, <laughs> and then go to bed and get up before eight. Oh, gee, no, I can't last until eight. You, uh, before you go to bed, you'll just have to dial real quick, okay? <laughs> <laughs> then you gotta sleep all day on on uh, on Sunday then. Well, not quite. Oh. Be nice, but no. <laughs> And I know Walt. I know I'm not going to try and outlast you. He's a he's a nap cat, yeah. a cat nap kid. I'm a cat nap person. Patricia cannot do that. I can. Take cat um, naps? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I take a nap and and that's it. Um, well, the I, only reason I get up at eight o'clock in the morning is so I can come in and, and take a nap. <laughs> well, I don't know. I th- I think just for us, I think one day a week you could get up a little bit early and have coffee with us. You mean like Saturday? <laughs> yeah, on Sunday morning. If you can't Sunday stay morning. with us on Saturday night, Sunday then morning. get up early yeah. on Sunday morning and we'll be here. Well, okay. <laughs> so, I can tell you're really excited about this. <laughs> well, I'm just, you know, trying to think that I'm not going to be able to, I'm going to have to go to bed about, you know, I, I won't be, be able to get the start of the program. <laughs> okay. Well, then then I guess you just, you're going to have to, at 10.30, put your finger on the button, and as soon as you hear us, you hit dial. <laughs> Maybe I'll tape it. Oh, dear. Well, you can't call a tape, Dick. <laughs> well, I know. Well, I can call you. Will you answer the phone? <laughs> <laughs> You're too much fun. Okay, well, when I when I do a prospectus, I'll, I'll send one to you as well, and we'll let you know when it's time to send your dollar. When, when we have to buy our share of stock. Okay, but can I ask one more question? Sure. How's Frank doing? Frank is doing really well. He should be out of the hospital here in a couple of days. Um, he he wound up, uh, he wound up getting out of the hospital too quick. And uh, 
So they checked him back in and they, they cleared everything up with antibiotics, thank goodness. And so he should be home in a few days. He bummed out because he he all scheduled to go to the Spurvac lunch this Saturday. He bought extra tickets for his family to go see that thing. So he's not too thrilled that he's going to have to miss the lunch on Saturday. So, uh, so, but, you know, I'm, I'm grateful he's going to be home. He's great, and, you know, he's just... He just, uh, I guess the moral of the story, folks, is if you, if they sent you into the hospital, you might as well stay there until they get, get it all cleaned up, rather than make it a second trip. Sometimes they don't do that. I know. Breaking his leg, Jason Bobby around? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, Bobby's there with them full time, so it's just a, it's, you know, a big operation, so it all works out. Well, all right, I'll let you guys go. All right, Dick. I Thank you. I appreciate the good job you do. You bet. Here, talk to you Saturday, maybe. Okay. <laughs> bye bye. Well, I'll probably be listening, but. There you go. Okay. Sounds great, Dick. Thanks, Dick. Bye bye. Bye bye now. Bye bye. 714 number. We are here on the live, and 18 minutes to go. 18 minutes? We can get an awful lot of phone calls in on 18 minutes. I know. And in the meantime, I can give you your baseball question. And Patricia still has one more question out there, everybody, just in case. So does? You want to give out the, the the second question that you have out there? Yeah. But, um... No, I guess they're both of them are answered, right? Yeah. Ron answered the second one. It was uh, Arthur Q. Bryan, who played Doc Gamble on Fibber McGee and Molly. And he picked, I, I asked, what other voices, what yeah. other characters... Yep. Would you remember? And he said, Floyd Munson, the barber in the Great Gildersleeve, and Elmer Fudd. So my my question, everybody, what is Doc? Right? What is Doc Gamble's first name? Yeah, I know that answer. You do? Yeah, I do. I really do. I'm so excited. Oh man. Okay. All right. Now I I told you this one, so I'm depending on you. Are you ready? Ready. What is Chief Gates' first name? Don. Actually, Donald. Good, Donald. Donald. They are, you are too cruel, Walden. I only told you that one time, and it was a million years ago. Um, and a galaxy remember. Fa- and a galaxy far, far away. In a galaxy far, far away. I think we're there tonight. Probably. I, I, I recall that. I, I, that question popped up in my head a few weeks ago, too, ironically. Oh, did it really? Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm really proud of you because... You know, you only heard, uh, it, as far as I know, it was only on that one show where he said his name. It, I mean, after how yep. many years Gildersleeve was on, it may have come out one other time or a couple of other times, but it was the only time I ever heard it when they were trying to find a name for the baby. Yep. And everybody was coming up with suggestions, and he thought Donna after his name, Donald. So that's how I discovered his name was Donald, and that's, that was the only show I ever heard it on. Did you ever hear it nope. on any of them? that's the only show. Hey, that's a good question. What, the ba- what did they come up for the name for the baby? Oh, I know that one. All right. Okay, so, it, I mean, I know it. I'm not going to tell you. Oh, oh okay. But, so that means if somebody calls in, I can say, oh, yeah, that's the right answer. There you go. Yeah, I could do that. And I know you know. I know, I know. Okay. I know that you know. I know that you know that I know. Yeah, because you're not like I am. I would ask a question, and you would say, "Gee, I don't know what's the answer." And I would say, "I don't know." I, know. I was asking you. 
Okay, here's your baseball question. Yeah. Your baseball question. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Which player... Now, it took me a long time to write out this question, so I'm going to read it very slowly. Okay. Which player from what team set the major league record for the longest hitting streak? How many games was it, and in what year? It was... Jolton Joe DiMaggio, he hit 56 games in 1941. Uh, he, July 2nd, 1941, the streak ended in Cleveland, and he continued it the next day for 17 more days in a row. Are you, see, I just knew it. I knew it. I was showing you off. I just knew it. And in the minor leagues, he had a longer hitting streak in back really? in the 30s. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. And... That is the same year that Ted Williams was the last batter to hit over 400. So that was a good year. You had Joe DiMaggio with the 56 game hitting streak and Ted Williams hitting 406 all in the same year. Back in Amazing. 19... Amazing. Now, I saw 401 after uh, Joe DiMaggio's name, but I didn't pay close enough attention to it. Which year did he hit 401? Joe DiMaggio hit 401? I don't know when he hit that one. I know... I, I don't know. It might have been a short season. Yeah. Okay, I mean, that's it for the S-words. Oh. No more S-words. Oh. <laughs> See, I'm choking. And, and you know another thing, Patricia, it's amazing. What? And it tells you the time we live in. One forward to start, a lot of ballplayers right, went right into the service. That's right. You know. That's along with our radio yeah. people, our movie yeah. people. They just put things down and said, be back later. Right. Goodbye, Mama. I'm off to Yokohama. Yep. They just they, went. They just went. It was asked. It was really, really cool. Yeah. 714-545-2071. So you're expecting Bill and Mike? They ain't here. <laughs> you got freaking fracking. They got freaking fracking. <laughs> they, they, went, they went south of the border. Uh-huh, and we there. stayed home. We stayed home. We stayed home to hold down the fort. That's right. Okay. All right, I have to tell you my gas station story. I told you my gas station story, but I didn't tell anybody else. Okay. My gas station story. Yes. All right, I'm, I'm doing special work. I have to save my receipts, and, of course, unless you have a receipt, you don't get reimbursed for something. So I've been saving my gas station receipts, and this last trip... Not this one, but the one before. I just, I kept forgetting to ask for a receipt in gas stations. So I had like one receipt for the entire trip. And I bought gas, and I'm a block up the road. I'm at the intersection for the interstate. There's plenty of room to make a U-turn. And I said, I just bought gas, and I didn't have a receipt for it. I made a U-turn right at the interstate. I made a U-turn. I mean, I didn't cut anybody off or anything. It was just fine. Made a U-turn, went back to the gas station, walked inside. A really nice man. I told him I had just been there. Could I please have a receipt? And he said, sure, what pump? And I said it was number six. And he ran it off, and he said, here. And it's a receipt for $100. I said, no, 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 $20, not $100. And he, he said, no, uh, not on that pump. Well, let me check a couple of others. No, I don't see it. Well, Never mind, here. And he gave me my receipt for $20. I got back in the car, and I looked over. I was in the wrong gas station. 
I got a receipt from the wrong gas station. I mean, he was so nice, and it wasn't like I got two receipts or anything. I just happened to go into the wrong gas station. <laughs> they were two that were side by side. I stopped at a Waffle House. I you know, pulled next door and got gas, and next door to that one was another station, and I just pulled into the first one I came to when I made the U-turn. So I got um, a $20 gas receipt for the real gas that I bought, but it wasn't from the real gas station I bought it from. <laughs> so I, I just thought that was a... Good thing the IRS is not taking a random sample from gasoline stations just to make sure which, which gas you bought where from. Now, I'm sure the IRS is going to look at this and say, you didn't buy $20 worth of gas from this particular station. You bought it from the station next door. $20. I, well, you know, they're pretty desperate for They are. Aren't they? They are. Uh, well, okay, I can afford I can afford to help them out. Well, considering you've been uh, helping them out in the post, o- post office, I guess you could <laughs> 27 is about to, about to be launched. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that incredible? Oh, man. Incredible. What, what, what do and we do? Periodically, I'll get an email from somebody who will say the stamps are fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to return it. Just one envelope in the circulation is enough, but I just wanted you to know the stamps are fine. Which I think is so cute. So super. Oh. We're down to 10 minutes, everybody. This is our, uh, this is our Thursday night show. That's right. And we got 10 minutes to go. You can give us a call at 714-545-2071. This is going to be your last opportunity for two days. That's right. Two days. Can Patricia get to play hooky tomorrow while I'm off doing the Friday night show? And then you have to go to Los Angeles on Saturday. And But I'll be back at home in time to be with Patricia. And then you're stuck with us again. I am stuck. And we get to move the clock together somehow on, fr- on Saturday oh, night. painful. Boy, S-words and moving the clock, clock on the same night. A double dipper. I think it's illegal. I need to check the law books here. Uh, I do. Uh, okay, you want to talk about General Mills and then I can finish up with the auction? Let's do that. General Mills, we have Mills. been doing research here. Uh, been looking up archive copyrights and all sorts of stuff like that there. And in my research, I was tracking down who owns Jack Armstrong. I even contacted the son of the creator of the series. And he, he writes wine and food magazine articles. And he said, nope, my, and Hardy. And he said, nope, my, we don't have any rights to it. And I got talking to Martin Grams. And, and he said, and I checked the, the films, the companies, you know, who put out the Jack Armstrong movie. They didn't know. So... I knew Joe Mel with the longtime sponsor, and I said, Martin said, yeah, go ahead and give him a try. And they claimed they owned Jack Armstrong. I got a note from the uh, the legal department, and I got, and then I found out they have an archive department. And I talked to him, yeah, we got the radio shows. We got the scripts. We got all this stuff. And, you know, who else to turn the moose on a research project, but 
the one and only Mr. Martin Gramps, the kid that knows how to write five books all at the same time. And he was all psyched, and this is a series he really have liked. And he known there was a collector who came up with 700 scripts who's not willing to share them to help him put together some articles and to write a book about Jack Armstrong. So he made a proposal to General Mills. He offered them uh, samples of all his past books. He gave them samples of the contract. He offered to pay a royalty. He offered to uh, ha- them have a you know, final say on the content of the book. Which is astounding. And, and, you know, he and part of the deal, he wanted access to, he would pay his own expenses to go back to Minneapolis, Minnesota to spend the time to go on property to go through the archive. And he's done this. He's done this with DuPont for Cavalcade of America. He's done this for, I mean, Martin knows what he's doing. And he got a letter saying, we are denying you access to the archives. And Martin and I got thinking, this not right. This is, this is a publicly held corporation. And we got to come up with a new way to attack this thing. And he was saying, I'm going to write to the president of the company and tell him, and say, you know, this is a good PR for General Mills, having a book out on a series that they own. And I said, you know, M- Martin, the best impact would be if we say we're stockholders. Absolute good point. So we got brainstormed that we should become, we should go ahead and buy, uh, become a stockholder. General Mill by one share, and Martin and I will talk about Jack Armstrong tomorrow night, and we just, I just go to the information, I thought it was just too good, I've been keeping on the wrap for several months, that I thought I would share the news, because yesterday people asked, what did I do? And Kurt came up with the idea, why not having all of us become stockholders? And Patricia have ran with the ball. So now we have an investor club. We're looking for at least 50 people who would be willing to put $1 in. Because she listed up yesterday trading at $37. So we got to, and I haven't asked Dad yet to look up the cost of the commission. But I'm thinking it's going to be $12 or so for to do it online. I do Charles Schwab. An online transaction. Uh-huh. As no long as you've got an account, the um, yeah. per transaction yeah. fee is very low. You're right. Right. And I just figured we got an account. It's no sense in paying a stockbroker a big old commission. Why don't huh. we do this uh, economically? Yeah. So I thought instead of everybody having to go out and buy one share, which can be pretty pricey, yep. if we all put a dollar in and we got 50 people to put a dollar in, we could not only have a share in the company, so Walden could say, well, we're stockholders, but he could say, we've got 50 people who are shareholders. And we demand that you free Jack Armstrong. <laughs> right. You free him. <laughs> this is a public relations crisis. Yes. I've got 50 people alone who are upset about this. Can you imagine what there is out there in the general public? So anyway, that's where the Investors Club came from. So if you'd like to commit a dollar, um, and all we need is a name and a commitment right now, if you would like to commit a dollar 
to rescue and pay the ransom for Jack Armstrong, the All-American Boy, which was a wonderful old-time radio show for kids. Yes. Um, just give us a call and say, put my name on the list. Way the flag for Hudson High, boy. Show them how we stand. Anyway, that's what we want to do. So Martin Pine write a, ma- uh, a big-time letter to the head, the head CEO of General Mills, and we might as well add our voice to his writing style protest. We want Jack Armstrong. We want Jack. I think we can get so much publicity out of a whole bunch of people owning a single share with an objective in mind that is not dollar-oriented. I think that would be so super. I think and you're right. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that CNN uses as filler. And and let's face it, General Mills is one of the very few companies that thought enough of their corporate history to keep history. And Patricia can tell you that's not c- common. It, it is not common. Um, a, a corporate history is, it, it frequently dies with the the founders or the sons of the founders, when you get a, a corporate history that's preserved as well as this, it's as rare as frog fur. Mm-hmm. So that's our goal. That is our goal. All right, Patricia, we've got a few minutes. You want to talk about the auction coming up here? Sure. We've, I've got two and a half minutes here. I yeah. can do that in two and a half minutes. Every year, Yesterday USA has an auction. It's an online auction. You listen to what Bill is uh, describing. That's the item that is being auctioned off. And you can call in a bid. You can type in a bid in the chat room. There are no advance bids. So you can't see an item up on the website before the auction and say, okay, I want that. So I'm just going to call and tell them whatever it is. I'll bid $50 on it. You can't do that has to be on the day of the auction at the time the item is being auctioned and it is a very fun day it begins at about four o'clock in the afternoon on sunday that's always the sunday after thanksgiving november the 27th today uh today this this month it'll be the 27th mm-hmm. and all of the items have come in from friends of yesterday usa doesn't have to be a caller, doesn't have to be, I mean, just people who, who really appreciate the station and want to help it stay on the air. This is the single fundraising event each year that generates enough money to keep the station on the air for a year. This is an all-volunteer station, so the costs are really low when you measure them against uh, a typical radio station. The costs are very low, but their costs and they have to be covered. So the auction does it pretty much um, all, all the way to the end. Uh, Bill will get almost to the end of the year on, uh, on what the auction is able to generate for the station. Now, all of the items are donated, which means people are squirreling through their collections, their closets, their picking things off the shelf in the stores and bundling them up and sending um, some people are making things. So, you know, the first time I ever heard an auction on Yesterday USA, I had no idea what I was listening to. It was one of those accidental, I fell into it type things. Mm-hmm. 
and the item Bill was describing was a handmade quilt, a patchwork quilt. And I don't know if anyone understands the work that goes into a patchwork quilt. I mean, I was just, I could not believe what I was listening to. And I had no idea what it was, so I didn't know how to play. You know, I had just happened on the station at the time he was describing these items in the middle of an auction. So now you've got a heads up. You know what the auction is. You have to tune in and listen. When you hear something that you like, you can call in a bid, but you also know ahead of time what is being bid on because Kim puts all the items, lists all the items on the homepage at yesterdayusa.com. And the day before the auction, right, Saturday, or is it the previous week? Well, the previous week, Sunday, shall be November the 20th. Kim will, Kim will sit down and go on the air and go over all the items that come in at that point. So you can tune in and listen, and Kim will give you a rundown of all the items that will be available to bid on. And sometimes, you know, people are either not paying attention or you want something so that other people are just not bidding on. I mean, I, I go through a list and I pick out items that I know I can afford, and I would like to have, there are lots of items, other things that I would like to have, but I pick out the ones that I really want to bid on, and I'll have to walk away from the other ones. And sometimes that leaves just a few bidders for a single item, and you can get some wonderful bargains on items for Christmas, um, things that you've been wishing to buy for yourself, and you can get them at a fraction of the cost you would have to do. Uh, in the store because you just happened in with a bid at the right time on on one of those items. So it really is a fun day. And uh, even if you're not bidding, it's a fun day. So what we ask is that you find something that would make a neat item for the auction. does not have to be big. You heard me earlier say, well, this is great because I can make a CD with radio shows and send it to Kim for the auction, and she will put it in with a collection that's being put together as a single item to bid on. So if you bid on arbitrarily, item, uh, what are we doing here? A, B, C, D. Let's say D, right. David. And there are three lots under the letter D. So we'll give you red, white, or blue. So you, have, you go to the letter D, and we're talking about lot blue. And within that lot, you might get a CD, plus some books, plus some movies, plus um, an item off the shelf in the store, toys for kids for Christmas. All of these can be bundled together in a single bundle, and you make one bid on that entire bundle of goodies. So when you send something in, it does not have to be big. It can be. It would be wonderful. But it doesn't have to be big. It can be a $2 item from the sale shelf um, at Walmart. Mm -hmm package it up and send it to Bill and Kim for the auction. The address is on the website, and we'll give it out on Saturday again. Um, so that's that's just a heads up. We won't...
fun. Um, we have Shirley Jones in the park.